0: Utah, Utah Ohio, State. Ohio State, it's Rose Bowl week for the Utes, and we're getting you ready for kickoff. You're listening to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5-1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. <laughs>
1: 7-5 and 1280 the Zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson,
2: the Rose Bowl tomorrow. Shout out to everybody who's down there. It's rainy, but it's not this. We got a bunch of snow all night, so shout out to everybody who went down there and is having a good time. Uh, the shows is going to be broadcasting live down there. We got a restaurant down in, uh, in Pasadena where we've got a bunch of the, the Zone crew hanging out. It's awesome.
1: The weather's fine in Southern California this morning. You know how I know that? Because I listen to DJ and PK. Oh, and is one of those guys that really talks about it when it's sunny and nice, when everybody else is slogging through the snow. And I thought to myself, wow, that's great, Pat. So excited for you. Yeah. But he's old. That's what old people talk about.
2: Uh, We're going to talk to that old guy coming up in about we half an hour. Are at
1: 1130. I'm sure he'll give us an update on what, what beach he's at or whatever. Uh, no, but so glad that uh, we can provide the coverage. I mean, this is the biggest game in Utah football history, arguably. And uh, it's pretty cool that we've got a bunch of people down there covering it top to bottom and delivering the coverage to the listener and sports fan uh, in a really grand fashion. It's Digital
2: great. and radio. KSLSports.com, yep. The Zone, we got you covered. You're not going to find better coverage of it. And PK will be with us uh, coming Plus TV. Up at 1130. KSL is actually, I don't know if people know, it's a TV station. Who'd they send down there? The Sam or Jeremiah? I don't think Jer's down there. I don't think Sam's down there either. Sam's tweeting about the fires in Denver, so that there, there will be people down there. Probably not leaving till today, though. Scary story, sir. The the fires Horridious. in Denver. Horrendous. Yeah. I, I, it's crazy. I, We're getting this weather, and they usually get our weather a day after us, and they. Uh, they haven't begun it. twenty-some houses, or was it more Horrible. than that? And it's I, like in I like saw a, it on the news, it's like in major suburbia. Yeah. It's not you know the outskirts. Like we get these kind of still sad, but these small towns in California Horrible. that burn up that are built in the mountains. No, that's not what's going on. And
1: including a Colorado assistant coach who I saw was tweeting about it last mm-hmm. night, where he, he just everything gone. I mean, he's just no. wow, awful. Um, Utah, Ohio State, Ben, Cam Rising. He's a gamer. You expect him to have a good game because I do. I was thinking about this this morning. I don't know if he throws for four hundred yeah, yards or thing. not. But T-
2: tell me what a good game is from Cam Rising. It might be one hundred and thirty-five yards, two touchdowns, four carries for thirty-six yards, and it's one of the best call. It's one of the best quarterback games Utah's ever gotten because he's such a gamer. He plays such the smartest, right, most correct way all the time.
1: Okay, a good game for Cam Rising is immeasurable for this reason. A good game for Cam Rising is whatever his team needs. Exactly. Which which is very – we compared him to Brian Johnson the other day. I feel even more strongly about that comparison. He's going to go in there, and he has a confidence, not necessarily an ego, which is another thing that I think is cool about him, right? If he had an ego, he would have transferred out of Utah years ago. Yep. Didn't have an ego, but he has that confidence that – Cole him, talked to us about it. Um, and uh, I think – I think he will make the plays necessary for Utah to win. If they lose, it won't be because of Cam Rising. And I'm not saying, you know, he won't make a mistake or have an interception or something like that, but they won't lose the game because of quarterback play, which you haven't always been able to say about Utah in the Pac-12 era. Yeah. PK needs to go now? All right. Well, we're going to... We're going to call... We're going to throw our plan out the window and... And get right to. We know who calls the shot,
2: Patrick Kinahan. So, just talking about before we, we'll we get him on the phone here in just a minute. The best game so far of Cam Rising's career at the University of Utah. I'm trying to look at his the most yards he had through the air. What do you think it was? He had a couple of games where he had one game where he broke 300. That was USC because uh, of course he had the the hail mary that, that accounted for what 50 of those yards. Yeah. He had another game up at 290. So he was close to 300. But he only had four games this season where he threw more than 200 yards. So let so about 30% of Utah's games, he was above 200. The rest of the games, really, and, and all four wins, so this is really kind of the sweet spot for him, 170 yards to 179 yards. He had four games where he was in that area, and Utah was really good. Now, of course, against Stanford, Utah was able to run the ball like crazy. Washington State, they were able to run the ball. They didn't need him to be great out there. He didn't play against Weber State. But 179 yards, or 178 Oregon, 178 against Oregon the second time, 179 against Colorado, 179 against UCLA. That's kind of his sweet spot. And he's going to get you a touchdown, two touchdowns. He's not going to turn the ball over, uh, but you're going to move the ball consistently, and he's going to hand the ball off to Tavion Thomas.
1: All right, uh, joining us now... Uh, On the Smart Rain special guest line Smart Rain state of the art uh, Smart irrigation controller Helps with first class water management Visit smartrain.net To learn how to save 30 to 50% On your commercial property's water costs Call 877-346-3333 Of course you hear him every single morning On DJ and PK He's our friend Patrick Kinahan Live from Los Angeles What's going on PK?
3: Man, guys, I was just enjoying it. Ben Anderson, basketball expert, breaking it down as if he's ready to be the next John Madden. That was sweet.
2: Well, someone's got to fill those shoes, and I say, why not me? (laughs) But they don't send me to the Rose Bowl. They send you to the Rose Bowl because they know you're going to do a better job of it than I will. So set the scene for us. Hey, when did you get down there? How long have you been down there, and what have you been able to to take in, or, or what are you seeing around town?
3: Well, I got down on Wednesday and thankfully I bought my galoshes. You guys ever wear galoshes?
2: Exclusively.
1: (laughs) Even in the summer.
3: (laughs) Yesterday, uh, the last two days, they've literally had record setting rain uh, here. And so there wasn't a lot going on. Like the Ute Cuthbert team pitcher in front of the Rose Bowl. And it was raining the whole time, and I think Ohio State canceled their pitcher. figured, well, we're here all the time, so we got one we can just put out there and change a few faces. But today is a glorious Southern California day, which is pretty sweet, because Jake uh, Hatch told me this morning that it was snowing like crazy where you guys are. So I'll see you guys around April, if that's okay. <laughs> and, Take it uh, And now... You've got Utes all over the place, man, just all over the place. They are uh, coming in droves like Mark Harlan said they would. Uh, I think Mark Harlan will be on with uh, Alex and Scott later today. Scott Mitchell went to some big exclusive party in Bel Air uh, area of uh, Beverly Hills. So you got your Beverly Hills proper. And you got, like, Bel Air, and you got Hancock Park. Well, those are, like, exclusive areas of the Bel Air area, of Beverly Hills. Just to give you an idea, some youth fan hosted a party and the house. Scott said it was, like, $30 million. You know, something that, that Jake's parents live in, high up on the cove there.
2: Wait, PK, yeah. I always hear people calling you a Utah fan on Twitter. So you weren't hosting this party?
3: No. In fact, I said this morning, yeah, it's funny. I love when I get on. They used to bother me back in the day, but now I just relish it. Yep, I'm a Ute fan, absolutely. I'm a Cougar fan, absolutely. Um, I, and I said, well, Scott got invited because he was a distinguished alum. I got invited to work there as a servant because I'm an undistinguished bum. Uh, but uh, it was a wild, not a wild time, but it was a high roller time. And uh, he'll talk about it later today. So as far as the scene, you're really starting to see it. Uh, the number of Utah folks all over the place. We're downtown in the Media Hotel, and it's just just a few yards north of what used to be the stable Center and Crypto.com, whatever they call it now it's like a nine iron away or for Jake that would be a a lob wedge for me it would be a seven iron and uh, next door to that is where Ohio State's playing next door to that or not playing but staying and next door to that is where Utah is staying so it's really starting to amp up as far as setting the scene and I'm certainly excited for tomorrow
1: PK Ben and I were just talking about Cam Rising and he's, he's a gamer, right? I mean, he'll, he goes out there and, and makes the plays that his team needs him to make, which isn't necessarily the most measurable thing. Uh, you know, just because he didn't have 350 yards doesn't mean he didn't have a really great game. I, I would assume you agree with that premise. So give us the best way to measure if Cam Rising has
3: a good game. They win. That's um, <laughs> That's a great way to measure. He just does whatever's necessary. Do I need to scramble a little bit because the pocket's collapsing and I gotta get seven yards, mm-hmm. but Kayvon Thibodeau is chasing me and he's got the angle. So I'll just kick it into a gear that most folks don't think I've got and I'll get a foot past the yard marker and get out of bounds so he doesn't clobber me in the next week, right? That's a play we saw on Rice Eccles, did we not? We saw a play uh, in Vegas' Allegiant Stadium where he breaks through. Next thing you know, he's got a DB, and he's pulling away from him. And they got a funky passing attack because they never really have had a prolific passing attack under Kyle Whittingham. But this year, of all things, they're featuring tight ends, left and right, Literally crazy. They may have three tight ends playing the NFL. They haven't had a tight end playing the NFL since who knows when. They might have three guys off of this team. One of them has already decided Fotheringham to go to return missionaries. He's got some age on him there. And the other two decide they're going to come back. So he finds those guys. And then occasionally he pops a, uh, a wide out. And we know we got Britton Covey in the slot, too. Littlest guy in the, on the field, usually. But he finds ways to find him. Get him out in space. The kid's extremely tough to tackle. And then, of course, you know, you got the staple, the running game. It's always been there for Whittingham. Every day, every year, every game, guys we don't even know about. Oh, Tavion Thomas, I didn't know about him until August. You know, he's a 1,000-yard rusher. So, Cam holds all this stuff together. And he's, he's really a chill Southern California dude. He's got the long hair. Uh, you know, back in the day when you used to produce uh, our show, Jake, years ago, DJ would call you Spicoli well, uh, for the you know the Fast Times thing. Yeah, right. You've aged out of the Spicoli. You're a middle-aged dude with kids and a girl dad and all that stuff. And so you're not that anymore. But he's he Cam Rising is Spicoli, man. He's just, hey, dude. Hey, smirks, carries on. He's not really loud. Doesn't draw attention to himself. But he just makes plays. It's really amazing.
1: P.K. is with us, 97.5 and uh, 12.80 The Zone. What do you make of Ohio State, P.K., and the talk of not wanting to be there and players checking out? and what? Uh, you know, uh, you could take it on the field if you want, but what do you make about all that conversation?
3: Well, I think the NCAA should give them the death penalty.
1: <laughs> all right, now we're talking. Putative. Go after a big time. <laughs> Scholarships.
3: Yeah, just make them a basketball program This so that Mike Conley can feel more proud about uh, Ohio State. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's a blow. Uh, I wrote about it, and I was told. (laughs) The thing must have got um, back to Ohio because I was told at, at KSL, and this is the last day of the year, I was told the page views. I was just told this about an hour ago. But the page views on what I wrote and posted it on Tuesday, the page views, it is number seven highest ranked uh, viewed story at KSL this year. Oh, they call that a home run.
2: That's a news biz- <laughs> that's a news business term. They call that a home run.
3: <laughs> yes. And so they uh were were telling me like Usually, you know, the cycle stays up for a few hours and then it drops and eventually it just sorts of fade, fades away. And he was telling me that this thing didn't fade away for the whole week. And, and so it obviously touched a nerve because I think it's true. I think it taints the prestige of the Rose Bowl. There's no other way to say it. Now, I realize i got all sorts of bias. I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona for my teens and my 20s, and when I got there, the Devils had already graduated from the WAC to the Pac-10, right? And it was a big, big deal. And to me, it still is a big deal. I and mean, Maybe I'm an old fogey, but I hold on to that tradition. And these guys didn't want to play in that. Why couldn't they do what the Utes did? You've got a bunch of guys that have declared for the draft, and they're going to play in this game, and then they're going to go on and, and try their hand in the NFL, we wish them luck, and... No, at the same time, I understand, hey, it's your life. You get to choose what you want. You're not breaking any laws, so I support your ability to choose it. But I still think it it taints the prestige of the Rose Bowl. This has nothing to do with Utah. I was shocked at the number of Ute fans and their, some of their small-time mentality that took it as a criticism of Utah, because it's actually not a criticism of Utah. It's more a criticism of the status of the times in which we live, that somebody would think the Rose Bowl isn't good enough for me as a receiver, too. Half the time, he just kind of jogged two or three yards. They had a 1,000-yard rusher in Henderson, so obviously they're going to use him. Uh, you know, and if you're blocking somebody, well, you're blocking a DB. You're not you're worrying about blocking a linebacker or some charging bull of a 300 pound defensive lineman, right? And you're worried about that. Okay, fine. You sat out. I think it's a blow. I think it's a blow to the team at the receiver. You're losing two of their top three receivers, but they still got their top receiver back. He's over 1,000 yards. I already said they got a 1,000-yard rusher. Stroud had a phenomenal season as a quarterback. You look at the stats between Rising and Stroud, and you think, my gosh, Austin's got a major advantage there. This kid, and he didn't play uh, last year. His first snaps were this year, and he was sensational. He's just a red-shirt freshman, man. So, knowing that those guys are out, All right, it sort of sucks, but it doesn't take away from the actual game. It takes away from the prestige of the Rose Bowl. The fact is, you look at Shroud, right? What's he doing now? He can make himself eligible for the draft this time next year. So he's got 13, 14 games if they get to the playoffs, maybe more. And what are these games for him? Yeah, you want to win for the Buckeyes and go scarlet red, but you're basically auditioning for the NFL. This is an audition for the NFL tomorrow. So you mean to tell me he's a kookamonga kid, which is which is kinda of fun to say, a kookamonga kid, if you think about it, you guys should try to say it. Just, he's a kookamonga kid. It just feels good to say it. It's like an elf when he sees the uh, one worker. Oh, Francisco! That's a fun name to say. And I'm getting off, but what the heck? It's your show, not mine, so I can do this. <laughs> yeah, you never get DJ off track Ray- on your show. I don't have DJ reining me in, telling me to shut up, and and you know you're, I'm not in the studio right now, so I can't see if you guys are rolling your eyes anyway. So I'm just going to go. This is a free association here. So he's a cookamonga kid again. <laughs> say it, he's a cook among the cookamonga kid. He's going to want to light it up. This is a hometown game, basically. So I think they're going to get whoever's available for Ohio State, they're going to get their best efforts. And this is not going to be an easy task, with or without these guys who are not there for the Buckeyes.
2: Let's talk some bowl games that are not the Rose Bowl. Uh, Jake's going to ask you about the Pac-12 coming up here in just a minute, so prep your take there. But what about the the big playoff games today? What do you you expect? Do you see Michigan beating Georgia? And what do you see between uh, Alabama and Cincinnati?
3: Well, I mean, obviously, we expect Alabama to roll, right? They're Alabama. Do we remember a time that Alabama didn't roll? Uh, 2008,
2: something like that? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, can't.
3: Right. We're going back a long time. I can't remember. That's where I got Nerd Boy DJ. He can remember that stuff off the top of his head. I got a life. He he puts all this stuff in his mind, and he just recites it verbatim. I can't do it. So, it's basically like uh, Alabama's like LeBron, maybe not this year, but for years and years is like, well, I'm not going to count LeBron out of the playoffs until his team loses four games. Well, it was the same type of philosophy here. I'm not going to count Alabama out until I actually see them lose, right? I mean, Bryce Young in the Georgia game with the SEC title game, wow, he looked awesome. He the best quarterback I'd ever seen. He was throwing bullets all over the field, right? And so, they seem to be peaking. Cincinnati's the underdog. It'd be fun to see the G5 and the thick man, Luke Fickle, get his team there. And they're really good. I don't care what league you're in. You go undefeated. And that league is decent enough, the AAC. It's not like it's a chop liver league by any stretch. So... Uh, you look at Houston, Houston with 12-2, and two, right? That's a pretty good team. Now, both of these teams are joining BYU along with Central Florida going into the Big 12 uh, BYU year after next, and we'll see when the other teams join. So they're a representative team. And I know Georgia's gotten a lot of hype this year, but I'm wondering maybe Michigan is better than we think. So right now, if I'm choosing, I'm not betting because I never do, I'm too tight and don't make enough money to do that, but I would go with Alabama
1: and Michigan. So, PK, last thing for me before we let you go. Um, ben and I are watching Central Michigan shut out Washington State right now, 13-0, to with 10 minutes to go in the second quarter. Washington State just had maybe one of the worst field goal attempts I've ever seen uh, that ended up uh, with the kicker getting tackled in the backfield. Uh, the Pac-12 is <laughs> not— it. Oh, it's just <laughs> terrible. The, the Pac-12 has been terrible. Uh, in the bowl season, and I don't know. I don't know. Like, if, if you want to comment on on where these other programs are, I guess my question is: I mean, are some of these coaching changes enough to turn this league around? And Utah might ultimately get the most important win and salvage some rep for the league. But some of these programs are just dreadful. I mean, are we are we close to a turnaround, or what's got to happen?
3: A lot of things got to happen. You know, the Lincoln Riley thing. Ben spoke of a home run. We'll see ton of hype with SC. And I think that if you can find premier nationally ranked teams at the top, the rest really doesn't matter. You look at the SEC. I mean, they've been sucking in bowls, right? Their bowl record, if that means anything. I think it's overstated myself.
1: But, but the league wasn't good this year.
3: It wasn't. Oh, you're speaking of the Pac-12? Yeah. Right. No, I know, I know. I know. But the point I'm making is get some premier teams at the top and then you can be like the ACC with Clemson. And that's what the Pac-12 doesn't have. It doesn't have a premier team at the top. I think that uh, Whittingham and Ludwig had a brain fart going with uh, what's-his-face Brewer. Who's to say what would have happened if Rising would have been the starter from day one? They may be playing today instead of tomorrow. It's not out of the realm, but nevertheless, it didn't happen. So yeah, the league has to get better. The great thing about it is I interviewed in group settings with Larry Scott, the former commissioner, and he was, I don't know what he's doing now, but I think he's got a shot at their Iraqi uh, minister of information job because everything was so positive. Well, I go to the Pac-12 title game, and they do this state of the conference with Kulavkov, and he's right right up top saying, we're going to keep guys that are from California and so forth in our area, we're going to keep them in our schools, man. We're not doing a good enough job. So in order to fix the problem, you've got to address the problem, right? And Larry seemed to always sweep it under, oh, things are great here, man. Where's my private jet and my $2,000 night hotel in Vegas? You know what I mean? Well, Klavkov is addressing the problem. Can he make a difference? Remains to be seen. They're, at least they're trying. At least they're identifying what the issues are, trying to fix them. They created that uh, star-studded former alumni committee of which Lincoln Kennedy was on our station during the season on it, Steve Smith, former youth grade and a bunch of other guys that we all recognize who played the conference. You know, they're trying to address the issues. But, yeah, you're right, Jake. This is a weak, weekly The South Division absolutely sucks. i spin it any other way. And it's like, okay, you bring in these coaches and, you know, let's see, who's in his fourth year in the South? Unless you're Whittingham, if you're in the fourth year, you know what that means? You're a year away of getting fired. And then we play the musical chairs game again. This time next year, if Herm Edwards is coaching Arizona State, I'm pulling back my $25 annual donation. I'm not going to do it anymore. Get somebody in there who knows what the hell they're doing and can build something like Whittingham did at Utah. And until they have that, no. They're going to be running in place, but at least old George at the top recognizes the problem and is trying his best to fix it. We'll see if they can.
1: Have you heard the story, Ben, about PK at Herm's first Pac-12 media day? I have. I was there. Where the first question, PK goes, you know, Herm, i watched a lot of coaches come and go and really suck over the years. Why should I why, think that you're not going to suck?
2: What makes you different, pal? <laughs> Guy? <laughs> you were so. I mean, it's
1: funny
3: because you were right. He right, was right. Yeah. But
1: I, I'm sure that Hermes in sitting there like, who is this guy? This what guy. do you mean? Why, Mike?
3: Why? Uh... And I know the sports information people, and they told them, hey, this guy's an ASU grad, so he's thinking softball city. No, no, that's not the way I was brought up, man. Let's take it to the task. I have a vested interest in this thing here, man. And so I'm not going to just shuck and jive with you. What makes you so different? Turns out you're not different. (laughs) It's another guy in five years who isn't going to be there. Get the freaking thing right. Utah, Chris Hill got it right, and Harlan knows to keep the guy employed. If they can get it right in Salt Lake, you you should be able to get it right in other places, too. It's not that difficult. Now, I'm not talking about to the level of Alabama or Ohio State. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. But at least find a way to be in contention, like two out of every three, three out of every four years. There's no reason why these schools can't do that. And we'll see what Fish has done in Arizona. He had a good recruiting class. He's got some momentum. Obviously, it's going to take two or three classes. But that's what you need to do. And and you talk about uh, players leave. My gosh, the tons of talent in Arizona and they just can't get out of there fast enough. Pick off a few, would you? Make sure you keep some guys home in the conference. That's the number one thing they need to do. They need to address the exposure situation and they need to address keeping guys home. Schard here, he's a quarterback from uh Hall State. You know what kid he is, guys?
2: No. Cucamonga kid.
3: He's a Yeah, there you go. Now wasn't that fun to say? Someone was listening. <laughs> He's a Cucamonga kid. Who was that? Was that Ben or Jake? I that was go.
2: definitely Ben. That was definitely Ben. Jake hasn't gotten out of bed yet. Jake's broadcasting from his bed.
1: Well, I, I do. <laughs> Jake's on remote. I do love hearing P.K.'s thorough knowledge of the Southern California area, too. Should have been more, more dialed in there.
3: I can give you wherever you want to go. Just ask me. And also, too, guys, before we leave. Please understand that the '80s Lakers were the greatest basketball team no. ever assembled. Just this, called the Dream Team.
1: Just this morning, I'm listening to DJ and PK. PK goes, "Oh, I'm just, I'm just now used to driving in this snow. It's not where I'm from. Not who I. You've lived here for 30 years, yeah. PK." <laughs> You're not used to it. What are you talking about? You've I lived here for 30 no, years. No, I'm not used to it
3: because I curl up when it snows. <laughs> I I listen to Sterling, and if he says snow in the morning, I can't sleep that night, man. And and a lot of times I called in sick. I can't do it, man. Or I, you were there as a producer. When it would snow, I'd roll in in a quarter to ten. That's <laughs> true.
1: No, what are you talking about? You were You were super reliable in the morning you were there at the same time every morning and it was significantly earlier than David James might I add
3: right because I've always had to work twice as hard as him to get where I'm at yeah. and yet he wins all the freaking awards and I, we interviewed Britton Covey the other day and at the end of the interview Britton looks at him and says thanks David Wow, hey, Britton what life, about me
2: life's easy when you're pretty that's true
3: Oh, man. My gosh. I swore in multiple languages.
2: <laughs> Have we found out
1: what Hall of Fame he got inducted into yet? He wouldn't tell me. I, I tried to know. get it out of him off the air. Yet.
3: I mean, it, he's, it, the Hall of Fame's and Hitler like a dime a dozen. My gosh. Yeah,
1: which one? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He wouldn't tell us either. He's like, yes, I am in I, a Hall I, of Fame. I think
3: uh, it's a newly formed one. It's called the Geekwad Hall of
1: Fame. <laughs> uh, PK, <laughs> thank you for coming on. Enjoy the game tomorrow, buddy. Appreciate it.
2: Okay, guys. Thanks. The Pokemon so kid himself,
1: PK Patrick, Patrick Kinahan, six to ten every single morning alongside David James.
2: You guys got a switch, man. I tell you what, thirty years. This guy's got a switch. <laughs> Lived here thirty years. It's incredible. I'm not used to driving. And that's this not stuff. the person what? who exists off the radio. <laughs> not to cut through his his sheen, but you talk to him in real life. That's not the person you talk to. And then he gets on the phone, and you got a, just a totally different. Different he's, person. He's, he's, he's great PK. everywhere. I love PK everywhere. But that's just different than the guy I'm used to talking to. <laughs>
1: want to remind you about America First Credit Union, this week's Las Vegas Raiders game against the Colts, brought by America First Credit Union, the exclusive home of the official Raiders debit card. All of the same great features and benefits. Now with the silver and black. Learn more at americafirst.com slash Raiders. Raiders have to win to stay alive for the playoffs. Colts are really good. It's gonna be an Colts up- are pretty good. Uphill battle for my Raiders this weekend, Ben. Stay tuned. We'll We'll let you hear from Donovan Mitchell coming up next. Coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: Utah, Ohio State. It's Rose Bowl week for the Utes, and we're getting you ready for kickoff. You're listening to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: Big Ben, 97.5 and twelve his zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. Jazz in action tonight. The T-Wolves are in town. Tip-off uh, coming your way a little
2: after 7 o'clock. Pre-game begins at 6. Donovan Mitchell to make his return. Tonight, which is good. We kind of speculated on whether he'd play both games this weekend or neither game this weekend. I thought he'd just play one. I thought he'd just play one, but now I'm starting to feel like he's going to play both and the Jazz are resting uh, Mike Conley tonight. It doesn't sound like Joe Ingles is going to play either, so... Well, so they need him. So they really need him. Yeah, so. And maybe he doesn't play tomorrow, but that's probably going to be re- a reaction to you know how he how he feels today.
1: I think it's a good sign in the sense that, and this is a really obvious
2: take. To be fair, take. Joe's questionable. Joe hasn't been ruled right. out tonight yet. so
1: uh, This is a really obvious take, but you know, we were told it was just a tweak. Probably woke up the next day and it tightened up on him and was sore or whatever. Just going to miss a road trip. How many times have we seen that turn into just going to miss a
2: week? Oh, and just going to a couple of weeks. Infamously miss missed a month, forty games one year with a hamstring that was going to cost him a weekend. Yeah, right. So, so that was tied to contract <laughs> negotiations.
1: I'm glad that you know, nothing nefarious. I'm glad it didn't turn into anything lingering, or, or so it would appear.
2: Correct. Yeah, we'll see. Net backs can get tweaked, but that was the whole thing is about avoiding a uh, uh, further tweak.
1: And I don't think they'd bring him back unless, because there's no point, really. I mean, lose lose a game against the T Wolves on a Friday night at home. Who cares, right? So I, I I would take that as a good sign. In fact, let's hear from the man himself. Here's Donovan Mitchell and his shoot-around sound.
4: Hey, Don, first of all, how's the back feeling after a few days off?
5: Um, feeling better. Um, I'm ready to go, and I'll I'll be ready to, to play tonight. Is it kind
4: of normal minutes you're expecting, or is there any kind yeah, of worry yeah, about
5: I'll that? Back to normal. No, we're, we're all good.
4: I wanted to ask you about uh, you got the chance to be on the broadcast uh, for for the game. And then uh, I, I'm curious, you know, you've kind of done some of those media things before. You've kind of been part of the draft coverage and everything. And I guess, why do you like doing that maybe more than some other players do? And, and kind of what's fun about that for you?
5: Um, I mean, it's something that I'm looking to do post-career um, as of now. You know, I had, that's how it's been for me. I've always wanted to do that. If I wasn't playing, I wanted to be, you know, kind of be the Bowler Jack and and those guys and Thurl and all them and Harley. But, you know, that's kind of been my thing. That's what I uh, studied in college, majored in college communications. And, you know, for me, it's just one way to kind of work on that and also be a part of the the game. I think it's, it's pretty cool. Um, as far as doing the draft and other things, I think it just gives you another side because at the end of the day, you know, you play basketball, but you know, there's other things to life too, you know, and there's other things to figure out if I, if I like you, I can't just retire and then say, this is what I want to do. I have to kind of have an idea of this is, do I like, do I want to do this? Do I enjoy the preparation? You know, doing the broadcast on the game is different than when I did the rising stars game where you had to actually prepare and look at notes and, and do stuff like that and kind of have, you know, cues and stuff like that. So just having a, um, an idea of what I want to do, you know, when it's all, when it's all said done. I know it's early, but, you know, still having a a plan and being ready.
4: Tony Jones.
0: Donovan, what's the difference between, uh, what's the difference for you individually for when uh, Mike plays versus a game like tonight when Mike doesn't play?
5: Um, I think the biggest thing, you know, Mike's good at, you know, coming down and, you know, having plays on, on like in his back pocket, you know, and I think I kind of try and take that, you know, Ricky was the same way when he was here. Um, and when those guys had been out, you know, um, I had kind of take it upon myself to continue to not necessarily try to be them, but try to, you know, find ways to get guys in their spots and just do what I've been, been, been doing, um, but at a higher level, I think that's the biggest thing. And just like at night, like tonight, you know, gotta create, gotta run plays and, you know, make it easier on guys. And, you know, at the end of the day, we all got each other's backs, you know, but it's not just me. It's, it's, it's Joe. We got Trent. We got JC. We got multiple guys that can bring up the ball, handle the ball, initiate offense, but just making it easier on everybody. Uh, that's been my job. And when those guys are out, it's just even more important that I go ahead and do that, but you know, not put too much pressure where I gotta, you know, the, you know, this 12-assist guy, you know, I think I've, I've said that to y'all before where I've kind of put too much pressure on that. Just go out there and play my game and, you know, make the right reads and, and, and go from there. Eric Walden. Don, I actually kind of wanted to ask you about the flip side to that. Just having been out the last couple of games and, and getting a chance to watch the team, what the team does, what do you see them have to do a little bit differently in the games when you're not playing? Um, I think we've been doing uh, the three games I've missed. I think we've done a great job um, just moving the ball. You look at, you know, the score and the shots, it's it's, it's pretty, you know, well-versed. You know, you, Mike has 10, Joe is 13. You know, it's pretty well-versed throughout the, throughout the lineup. Rudy's been, you know, especially the past two games, Rudy's been, you know, phenomenal down low. So uh, I think, honestly, we've done a great job just continuing to, you know, move the ball and, and initiate offense. And like I said, when you have guys – uh, like Joe, Mike, um, JC, Trent, like guys who can initiate, move the ball, experience, know what they're doing, know our offense. It's it's fairly easy when the next one-one guy kind of comes out, you know, and it's 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 big time to to see that, you know, on a nightly basis. Um, I don't plan on making that a, a habit to be out, but you know, in the in the event, you know, it's great to know that you know, those guys got have my back. And on the flip side, of Mike's out, we have Mike's back.
4: Fallout from Andy Larson. Uh, Don, you're one of the I, you're actually number one on the list of most efficient pick and roll scores in the in the NBA this season, um, just as a score on those possessions. And I'm curious, you know, that's uh, how have you gotten to that level of efficiency? And you've talked about improving your reads kind of like what's what's been the process of getting here?
5: Um, I think coming off in, you know, it's not. All right, this is a shooting possession. a passing possession. I think that was where I was at early in my career. Um, I had not ran too many pick and rolls before that and and, um, coming in being the scorer. So it was kind of new for me. So as I get to every offseason, just trying to find ways where I struggled, uh, improving the mid-range, improving my finishing, uh, the three balls. So I've tried to improve in all three levels. I think that's helped for one um making every level of threat, you know, especially the three ball, making that a threat, you know, being able to get downhill. Um and then nights where I got it going from three, continuing to, to rely on that. But then also um creating and finding guys has been something that I've really take took pride in. Um and when you do that, now everybody has to stay home and now it's just, you know, two on two, you know, me and the big or me and whoever and then when you have the dynamic rollers like we have in Hassan and, and Rudy, it makes my life uh, a lot easier uh, to get in there and, and do what I do. So it's just been gradual progression throughout the year, knowing where I like the ball, knowing where I, I can get to and kind of manipulating the defense. Um, But, you know, it's got to continue to grow and it's not perfect. And I got to, even i know, number one now, I got to find ways to continue to grow and, you know, and get and get better each game and each day. There's Donovan
1: Mitchell, and uh, sounds like he thinks his back is fine.
5: Yeah,
2: and uh, you know he kind of talked about it on Saturday after the game that was Christmas uh, that he thought he was fine. He came back and dunked. He just tweaked it a little bit, and then obviously woke up Sunday morning and it was a little stiff. And they said we can probably win these games without you, and they were right. So he stayed home, and that could be an end up being better for the Jazz. You know, you, you get a little bit stronger when you play with a weakness, and then you come back and you get that strength back, and everyone learns how to play a little bit better. But I do think it's interesting hearing him talk about. Learning how to play in the pick and roll, as you heard him ask there about being the most efficient pick and roll player in the NBA. Number three on that list is Mike Conley. So the common thread there is that Rudy Gobert is an incredibly good basketball player and makes everyone around him better because all of a sudden he has two of the top three pick and roll players in the league. But also credit to Donovan for getting way better at that because I I don't think you could probably argue that Donovan's having the best season of his career. He's not shooting as best he ever has, not from the three-point line, and his points per game are down, but when he's on the floor, the Jazz are so much better than they have been in years past. You know, it was kind of last year they were so reliant on Rudy and Mike Conley being on the floor together to get that huge plus minus, and then the rest of the job for the team was just to kind of not lose it, and now they're building leads with Donovan Mitchell on the floor. He's been so much better in that regard, and I do think some of that is just an understanding of how to run an offense and how to truly run an offense, not play within an offense, and I think that's one of the things he's doing. So interesting to hear him talk about that because if his three-point shooting does come back, and it's grown every month so far. The season, his best month the season shooting was December, a little bit less in November, a little bit less in October. If January, February, he gets back to that you know, 38, 39, 40%, and he's running the pick and roll that well, look out, because he's going to average 33 points a game. He's just, he's too good. He's too unstoppable in isolation. And then the pick and roll in the regular season is just an unstoppable play if you have guys that can score.
1: Well, I mean, hearing those pick and roll numbers, Ben, it's, it's, You know, Simple game. It's the whole reason that uh, teams play the switch defense against them. It's the best way to combat the pick and roll because you really negate its effects. And the Jazz have to figure out something else, which is hard to do. I mean, you think about a a run team in football. If the other team stops what you do best, well, then you have to go to option B. And by definition, option B isn't going to be as good as option A. Right. So when you're that good at running the pick and roll – a team is going to, you know, go to extreme measures to
2: stop it. It's the reason we see it so much. Yeah, and one of the things that the Jazz did well without Donovan Mitchell over the last two games was abuse those switching teams. Yep, and they passed the ball down to white side of Rudy Gobert underneath the rim, as Quinn Snyder talked about yesterday, fighting for the rim, really getting underneath the basket, so you don't have to shoot from three feet or four feet or eight feet. You're just turning around and you've got a layup or you're getting fouled. What Donovan Mitchell needs to do now to continue to get better is make that pass. Yep, He doesn't always make see that pass. See the pass. pass he doesn't it. always, yes yeah, see it or make it. And Quinn said yesterday, well, like, soon enough, right? Quickly enough? Correct. If you yeah. let, even a smaller guy, if you let him find his bearings or his footing even against a seven-footer under Underneath the rim, he's going to be able to anticipate a pass and poke it away, or at least deflect it. Whatever he has to do to make it harder for Rudy or Hassan to score. So Donovan more quickly, the way Joe Ingles does, and the way Mike Conley do, which was makes sense. They're both kind of more naturally point guards. He needs to recognize that quickly when they're underneath the hoop and get them the ball and that can make him an even better teammate and a better passer and raise his assist and get the jazz offense playing even better so there's still there's still room for growth in his uh, in in his future and he's still only 25 years old and I, I think it's pretty clear he's a top 10 player in the NBA at this point in his career so you know as guys age you know and that's that is just part of the league you get better because other guys around you get worse uh, he, there's there's no question he could get up to being a top five player in the NBA if he wants to Central Michigan just scored again. This they're, is pathetic. They're up this on Washington pathetic. State 21 You're getting blanked to zero. by the chips. By they gave a, up a 40-yard punt return that you know got them into the red zone again. By a team that was supposed to be pathetic. playing in a different bowl game this is pathetic. yesterday. This is pathetic. Pac-12 has been pathetic in the bowl game. And you know what? Here's the thing. Going back to our conversation with PK, I, I get why the SEC may not care about some of their bowl games. I get why... Ohio State might not be as high on the Rose Bowl as Utah is this year, and that shouldn't, Utah fans shouldn't care. go win the game. You win a Rose Bowl, yeah. no one's going to care in 10 years. The Pac 12 should care about their bowl games. No one has any respect for the Pac 12. They should come out on their national stage to play against teams that aren't in their conference and show that they care by beating Utah State, yeah. by beating Wisconsin, by beating Central Michigan. Central Michigan. The Kevin Grahams, the Chips.
1: Or, or Beat or or, uh, excuse me, Oklahoma. You should
2: opportunity care. opportunity
1: to make some o- waves.
2: Oregon didn't care against Oklahoma. No. It was they were down 30 to 3 and now you're down 21 to 0 to the chips. Come on, will you care? Will you care? That's all anyone's asking for in the Pac-12. Will you just care and they don't. It's it's pathetic. Can
1: I tell you what really bo- bothered me about that bowl game? And tell me if I'm way off base. Which one? The the Oregon Oklahoma okay. one. That whole TV broadcast was about Bob Dern stoops. Yeah. He didn't do anything. He just showed up to be on TV at the bowl game. Yep, third base. So annoying. Why would they make that whole If I were a player on that team, I'd be so bent out of shape. Like, all they did was talk about Bob Stoops. Bob's been here for five minutes. His kid scores a touchdown, and he gives him a hug on the sidelines, and good heavens, it leads every newscast (laughs) in the country. Yeah, I told him to do that. Gets credit for Oklahoma winning. I told them to go out there and play like that. Come on, Bob, go away. I was so annoyed. So annoyed. But honestly, Ben, if there are what what's a what's a college football travel staff, players, how many how many people? Like
2: 300? No, not uh, quite no. that. 200. Probably. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could talk about staff and coaches and everything. Yeah, 150 so 200 something like that. Yeah.
1: Well, of those, let's just call it 150. Fine. Out of those 150 people, where would you rank Bob on responsibility for, for this that season, win? For Oklahoma? No, for that win, yeah, that win right. in particular,
2: considering everything that goes into it. Yeah, yeah, he's. Well, let's see. There's 75 players that travel, something like that. In yeah, but at bowl games, it's like 100. So yeah, he's in the top top 110. Okay, right about there. Yeah, yeah of the 150, he's yeah. easily in the top he's 110 guys there. Responsible for that win, yet what
1: percentage of the airtime was wasted talking about him? Eighty, just 80%. incredible, yeah, right? Just incredible. He, a, he doesn't even have to do with anything. But
2: the coaches are the stars of college football. We've talked but about that. But not him. But we don't know how to <laughs> not say it. He
1: didn't do you anything. Know? We don't know
2: how to talk about it otherwise. It's like when Barry Alvarez stepped back
1: into the role at Wisconsin to yeah. coach a bowl game. Yep.
2: And what an ego trip. But you-, you know, Miami's whole Miami's entire season next year is going to be about Mario Cristobal. And they're not going to be any good. But he's at least their coach. Yeah, is at least their coach. Correct. Bob Stoops is just a guy. Yeah, who <laughs> uh, showed up. What's going to be the storyline tomorrow? I mean, I think certainly the the Ty Jordan and Aaron Lowe conversation is going to be a big talking point tomorrow during the Rose Bowl. That's obvious. That's it. What's going to be the number two storyline that people are going to talk about? I do think Ohio it's going to be, State opt outs. Yeah, I do think unfortunately it's going to be Chris Olave now coming.
1: Unless Devin Lloyd does some bananas, goes Devin Lloyd. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: That's possible, but I do think it's going to be the opt outs. It's going to be the main talking point on the broadcast that is not Ty Jordan and Aaron Lowe, rightfully so.
1: Want to remind you about our friends at Zero Res. Uh, going through the holidays, Zero Res can help you clean up before and after the festivities, keeping your carpets clean well into 2022. Give them a call, 801 288 9376. Book online, Zero res, Up north, Zero Res, That is Zero Res. Wrapping up the show next 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: It's game week for the Utes as they prepare for the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. Keep it locked on The Zone all week long as The Zone gets you ready for the biggest game in Utah football history, history. as Kyle Whittingham and the Utes square off against Ohio State. Get live up to the second coverage with Patrick Kinahan, Alex Kiri, and Scott Mitchell live from Pasadena, your home for the best Rose Bowl coverage in Utah. It's right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
2: Oh 2 3 3
1: Jacob Ben 975 and 1280 the zone, wrapping things up, getting you ready for Hans and Scotty G. Scotty G, I know he was here yesterday, but is in the house, good is to see him. here. He was really filling us in on some of his travel adventures. I haven't seen lately. Is the canceling the flights thing still a thing?
2: It is. In fact, I just saw something come across my Twitter of a family that's been trying to get to California for about thirty-six hours. Oof. Oof. <laughs> that would be so grumpy. And if you're leaving today to drive down there, whew, that's tough. We got we got a lot of snow. So hopefully everyone's out down there and safe and certainly have no incidents. We want just uh, safe, happy people. Are you buying the number 60,000 you fans are going to be at the No, game? I bet it's like 35, 40, something like that. I know they've sold 35,000 through just Utah's alone. Alone. And then there's all the other places you can get tickets. You can, a lot of Utah fans are buying them through Ohio Stakes. It was cheaper, apparently, because they were just trying to get fans to go. Uh, so I know some fans did that. And then there will be just some casual walk-ins and giveaways and whatever way they do... I, I don't think 60, but maybe. It's a huge stadium, obviously.
1: You know, universities are on the hook for X amount of tickets that yeah. they like have to buy. Right. That's why there's such a price fluctuation based on who you buy it through, which seems like an entirely ridiculous system or way to sell bowl tickets. But if you're, you're telling me that there were 35,000 confirmed ticket sales through the University of Utah, then I would say 60,000 is possible.
2: Yeah, you can probably get there. I don't know if they will,
1: that seems unlikely to me. But if that's true, and there's thirty-five
2: official Ute tickets sold. Well here's the thing they could get there. I know that there aren't thirty five thousand Ohio State fans going. No. So Utah's gonna outnumber Ohio State fans big time. And then, you know, A A it's so much easier to get there. You can drive, you can take a very cheap flight. Uh, so that'll be good. It'll be fun. But I know for sure whether there's thirty five thousand U fans or sixty thousand U fans. It's still going to be at worst what two to one.
1: Will we even know though? Because the Buckeyes colors are they also
2: yeah they're also going to wear the red and the black. But you are the Utah fans going to wear all white? Is that what they're going next? That's what the uniforms are. Is right? that a thing? It's, well, I mean the uniforms are going all white. Maybe that's what you do to go and show your uh, show your pride down there for the team for the colors they're wearing. Maybe you just go the other way so you can really stand out with like a lime green. I don't have a lot of local gear. Uh, of local teams. I have a BYU blanket they gave us at uh, Media Day a few years ago. You get a couple of weird jazz things I've gotten a bobblehead sent to me one time. So I've got those Rose Bowl Utah sweatshirts I tell you are just incredible. That would be fun to have a, a little bit of memorabilia like that if you're a Utah fan. That's, that's as good of a piece of memorabilia as I've seen come through the state of Utah for any of our sports in a really long time. That's, it's a pretty beautiful sweatshirt I think. And they're not even selling them right? They're not selling them to oh the players got them. I don't know if they're going to be like at the, the team store.
1: See, Ben, I think I'm going to move away from clothes as souvenirs. Have I told you about this? Okay. So recently- a nudist or what are you talking no, about? No, 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 no. Like I've got, I've got a bunch of- Moving away
2: from clothes in general.
1: As, no, just as marking times or souvenirs or that sort of thing. Sure. Because right now I'm basically being forced to get rid of clothes. Yeah, which is fine. Out of room or whatever. Yeah, but it makes it that much harder to part ways with it. I just got rid of a 2002 Utah Olympic sweatshirt. Oh, did you?
2: Yeah. You know, I have the beret. Do you still? Oh yeah. So you can
1: never get rid of that.
2: No. Now you're classic. just stuck with it. Better than a gold medal. I'll probably wear it to work. I'll wear it to work on Monday.
1: But I had to get rid of. It. I've got all these great T-shirts yeah. from trips and like yeah. all this mark the time stuff that I don't want to get rid of, but uh, have to. Yeah, I get that. So now I'm going to get something that, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to bring home souvenirs at
2: all. It's over. Memories, that's it. Yeah, you got to pick and choose. you got to be really choose. Here's the thing. I don't think you're probably judicious enough in your decisions. I bet you kind of buy one on every trip. I and do. you travel a lot. You, kinda, you have a lot of road trip stories. You've got a lot yeah. of, like, I was in Vegas or I went to Wyoming or whatever. Right. And you're like, you, you probably commemorate a lot of things. I do. So I don't. I don't have a lot of those. So I could pick like a Utah Rose Bowl sweatshirt and be like, oh, and that's be okay it's a fun it. thing to remember. Like, hey, it, I mean, 2021 was a big year. Like, I moved onto the radio with Jake Scott. It was a big deal. Yeah. I met Miracle Megan. PK, I get to talk to PK every once in a while. I'm sorry. It's a big year. It's a big year for Ben. So maybe I'll do it as a commemorative uh, moment of the year. Hopefully you have
1: a lot of, uh, of uh, interest in Southern California geography. If you're, kid. if you're talking to PK. <laughs> Hopefully that's your wheelhouse. Different Southern California
2: neighborhoods. Yeah. All right. Southern Ta- California, it's all one big lump to me.
1: Hans and Scotty are coming up next. We want to remind you about the Ford Fan Zone on Level 6 tonight at the Utah Jazz game where they have free Papa shot games, cornhole and foosball tables, enjoy incredible city and mountain views while relaxing, enjoying food and drink, taking in the game, and socializing with friends. The Ford Fan Zone. Ben, you have a Happy New Year at your bougie party.
2: See you next year, I'm guys! Excited See for See you, you next year, Miracle Megan!
3: Happy New Year.
1: Uh, happy New Year to everybody out there listening. Be safe, please. Absolutely, but uh, have a little fun too. Call yourself an Uber, walk, whatever you're going to do. to Scotty next, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone.